Hello, all. Welcome to ADD Masterminds, the Chimpocalypse version, or the, what is it? The chip, Chimpocalypse extravaganza. That's what I was going to go with. <laughs> I did not nail that intro. I do like the monkey sounds, though. Okay. Reminds me of a song, Monkey with a Gun. I am here okay. with Jimmy Humphrey. Hello. <laughs> and Theosaurus Rex. Jimmy'sTable.com. No. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings all it is I, the Theosaurus Rex. Yo, guys, this Chimpocalypse thing is crazy. And I have ice in my mouth. Just doing that. This Chimpocalypse thing is crazy. It's like I'd, to get to the grocery store, you cannot avoid the chimps. The, the monkeys are everywhere. I tried to go into my car and do something. Boom, monkey on there throwing bananas at me. Feces everywhere. It is terrible. That's why there's no toilet paper because people are using the toilet paper to clean up all the feces from the monkeys. And, they, and the monkeys talk and they keep talking about some guy named Caesar. Yes. But who is the Caesar? The Romans were a long time Caesar? ago. This is terrible. Jesus yeah, is Lord. Confused. Caesar's not Lord. Chimps. Yeah. Crazy chimps. <laughs> yeah, take that. Caesar's fucking chimp. I, I didn't know how was. long we could keep this charade going that it's a chimpocalypse and it's not actually COVID-19, but I want this place to be a safe place for all of you. I want this to be a place where we can get away from all the politics and all the real-world stuff that's kind of dragging us down. But no um, it's kind of hard to avoid the fact that we've all been banned to our houses for a while now. Um, I've been some I've, of you all with privilege, yes, yes, you privileged people. I've basically been home since uh, Monday. I worked all week at the office or at home. Um, what about you, Jimmy? How long you been home? Uh, Wednesday was my first day. From, but oh, I usually okay. work. Uh, I usually work on home, from home on Wednesdays anyway, but Thursday they actually officially told us don't come back into the office until April 10th. They said if you really, really want to work in the office, you can, uh, but if not, we recommend you just come and get some of your monitors and your, um, uh, what's the little thing the laptop clicks into? Uh, docking station. Yeah, the docking station. Just mm. come get your docking station, your keyboard, your mice, uh, and any extra monitors you want to use at home and just bring home. I'm like, wow, that's real serious. They usually don't let us bring those peripherals home. They just usually let me bring my laptop home. So Peripherals. I taught that an, I taught an adult computer class. Like, uh, like not adult computer class. That sounds worse than it is. Oh, my. But it was like a, it was a college thing. Like a, and I, I, I learned what a peripheral is when I was teaching it. It's like stuff that goes with your computer. Was yeah. it? Did it have male or female parts? No. <laughs> hey, so so you said until wow. August tenth. So you guys actually yeah. have an end date for this? Well, April tenth is the date April they 10th. revisit it. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So the chimpocalypse is over April tenth. We have yes. a date. We have a date. What's her Ooh. name from? What's her name from? Whatever news station that was saying we need an end date, and people were like, Karen wants to talk to COVID 19s manager. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I won't mention her name because that would get poli political. Um, okay, so what about you, Theo? You are working retail, so yep. do you still have to go into work? Yes, um, I got home about two hours ago. Wow. So, 
Yay! And then I'll be going back to work in the morning. Yay! Hooray! How, how are you feeling? Well, today there was a time where a gentleman walked in and was like, was like, hello, I'm looking... <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, right no. on now. I'm just like, oh my god, why are you here? Get away oh, from me. Oh, wow. I've had, like, two times where I've had to literally stop myself from making a comment mm. because people are dumb. I have lost faith in humanity. It is hard to keep faith in humanity right now. Like the crazy thing for me is we were always saying because our society is so divided, it was like if we had something that happened where we all had a common enemy, we would unite. You know what? No. No, nope. it's not happening, guys. There's still people that are going to be that way. And I'm not going to yeah. say which side. It's both sides. They're just going to do what they do. They do what I do. Humanity is terrible and in need of a Savior. And that oh, Savior is Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. So why are some people in hardcore denial mode about the possible ramifications of coronavirus. This is hard to do without getting political. I think I, for... Go right. ahead. Mm -hmm. I, go I ahead. would defer to you, Jimmy. Well, it was my thing that I put up there. No. <laughs> ah. uh, oh, touche. Um, well, you know, I, I've been kind of concerned about it because I have some friends, educated people, like one of them's mm -hmm. a college professor who's got like a grad degree in like sociology and stuff, so he understands things about statistics and i need not lecture him on those sort of things and right. <laughs> another friend who and his wife is a nurse and they are like hardcore denial upset about it but they're not the only people i know that way like there are yeah. some other people i know some of them are like tend to be independent contractor types um and people who might be i guess you could say have more on the line financially if this thing really goes south because right. You know, nobody's going to come get their kitchen remodeled if uh, right. the economy has gone down the pooper. Um, so a lot so, of it is wishful thinking. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like, I this better not. Because, I mean, obviously, we are purposely tanking the economy, really. Like, we're, well, knowingly tanking, tanking the economy in order to save us from lar a large amount of casualties. I think like the estimate was like it would be, was it 1 million or 2 million Americans that would die? Yeah, lowest, uh, like 1 to 4 or something like that, depending on who you ask. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. You know, it's funny, like when you have to face a situation like this and you're like, should we do the status quo or should we do something different? And I remember one time I heard a pastor talking about Esther. And Esther, actually, we'll get into The Bachelor later. It's kind of similar. But um, Esther, hey. yeah, come on. Um, can I get <laughs> an amen? No. Hey, but, hey. Uh, Esther, um, she was given a choice. You can either come forward and say, look, my people, the Jews, are being you know, threatened by your edict king and so like it would threaten her life to come forward to the king and say your edict is threatening my people or she could have done nothing and often status quo feels safer right but yes. for esther was status quo would status quo have actually been safer 
Or would she have been, you know, terminated with the rest of the Jewish people? And mm. I remember, like, that preacher talking about that, and he's like, status quo is not always safer. Actually, pretty much her death was guaranteed had she done nothing. And I was mm. like, whoa. It's pretty next level sort of take on Esther. It is. <laughs> and so, and I don't even remember what preacher it was. It was, it was a preacher somewhere. Probably Somewhere Rondo. in Canada. <laughs> He's in Canada. It was a dude. Um, yeah. Anyways. So, I mean, like, there's kind of this mistaken idea that if we just stay with our normal life, that's safer. But predictions were normal life was not going to be safer. And it's been a bipartisan effort to say, we got to do something drastic here. Right. Yet, there's still people that are denying it and saying this is all fake. And yeah, I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, what I thought was really interesting, there were the spring breakers, um, these kids that were like saying, oh, no, 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 we YOLO. <laughs> I know Babylon B <laughs> yeah. made a post about them. <laughs> putting uh, YOLO in the sand, right? But right. Um, these kids were like saying, no, 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 I'm still going to party. We got to live. We only, I don't know if they said you only live once, but now that's stuck in my head. Thank you, Babylon B. <laughs> but yeah. but um, a guy, Science Mike, who's a, who's a very, like, very progressive guy. Um, his is. book is great. I don't know if you've read it, but it's like Finding God in the Waves. Ooh, he's got a new book coming out, but but it's basically talking about how he basically became a closet atheist. Um, and then he turned it around when he met Rob Bell. <laughs> Anyways, there's a whole story there. But so Science Mike is very much an empath. And so mm. when he read about these spring breakers, he's like, oh, you know what's happening? He's like, we're all going through this grieving process. And there right. are different stages to grief. And those young people, I keep wanting to say kids because I'm so old, but um, okay, boomer. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's better than what you messaged me about boomers. Um, <laughs> yeah, we won't get into that. No. Um, but uh, he was saying, like, where was I going with this? Okay, there's five stages of grief, anyways. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to be talking to Emmanuel Marsh about this on Monday. He's not a grief Ooh. counselor, but um, he is a counselor, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to go kind of surfacey with this. But it definitely, it definitely makes me think like some people's they're manifesting, they're like already grieving over what's to come and yeah. denial. Some of them are just, you know, we're, we're in the isolation phase right now. We're hunkered down in our homes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it definitely seems that way, that they're maybe just manifesting it with hard denial. Well, and, I mean, the big thing is, like, we can't force them to be where we are. And I think I'm very yeah. much in the acceptance stage. Like, I don't really understand what's going on, but I am accepting that everything's changing right now. Right. And what, what's happened to me, too, is that my contract um, with the big oil company that I'm working for ends <gasps> at the end, end of this week. Oh, and then okay. I go back to consulting. I work for a consulting company, but there's no jobs lined up for the consulting yes. company that are still solid because things just keep getting canceled due to COVID-19. And so I don't really know what happens after this week, like what I'm doing. I might be off for a bit, um, hopefully with pay. We'll see. But um, 
So, so already I was kind of ready for a change. Like I knew a change was coming, but this is like right. a much more drastic change than what I thought. So I think it's moved me to acceptance pretty quick. But I am pretty quick to go to acceptance. Um, I'm a very adaptable kind of person. But that's a problem because I don't take the time to be sad about it, right? And so it's like when my cat Canuck died in the summer, um, my kids were like super upset. And I was kind of like, all right, what's next? And then, you know, mm -hmm. I'd have a moment where I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to like cheer on Canuck when he fights with the other cat. <laughs> I would always uh. say, kill him, Canuck. And I miss saying that. <laughs> but I mean, there were just like little things like that. Yeah, because I didn't like the other cat. Now I like the other cat. I don't like the bunny. But that's a whole, that's a whole dynamic <laughs> in our house. Um, but anyways, but I'm realizing that it's like that stuff comes back. And it's funny because like the stages of grief, they say, are denial and isolation, which are kind of one and the same, I guess. They're kind of together. Um, anger, depression, and acceptance. And I think we always think of grief as going in that, um, in that order. Like on, on TV, it's always like that. They're like, oh, you're in denial now, but you're going to be in anger next. Oh, oh, here it comes. Now they're angry. Oh, now they're depressed. Okay, here comes right. acceptance. That's not how real life works. Nope. Some of us move quicker to acceptance. But that could mean that depression is coming later or anger is coming later. I don't like know if you go into denial, though. Well, it's like, you know, I think for you of the first denial of everything, and then I think ultimately you have to accept it. And through that acceptance of it, then you get depressed because this is the new, like, where it is. Mm -hmm. And then at times you get angry. Like, so I'll go through and one of the things, like, so I've accepted this is where I'm at. And I have accepted the fact that, you know, um, with schools closed down and testing centers not being done, I'm not going to be able to get my uh, certification to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. The churches are closed down. They're definitely not going to be hiring someone full time. Yeah. So like everything along my career path that I wanted to do and that I've been holding out for and focusing on and working and that kind of stuff. So I'm just kind of, I've, I've accepted the fact that I am yeah. uh, going to be in retail for a while. With that said, I get depressed about it because of like, I'm going to be in retail for a while. <laughs> and then I get angry at the fact of like, oh, wow, what was done to me should not have been done. And mm. I am very angry about this. Yeah. And then I go back and being like, okay, now I'm going to accept this again. This is my life. I'm angry over the toilet paper. <laughs> I had forever rolls. I ordered back in December. I got a year supply of toilet paper for only 60 bucks. Yeah, so good. I have a case in my house that we bought like months ago. I'm going to go take a roll or two and just like TP my front yard and see if I can't get on the news or something. Well, that would be a good idea. Do it. Do it. And I'll put a jimmystable.com uh, poster sign in my front yard so everybody knows. Yeah. Or, Check yeah, your privilege, like, Jimmy. I mean, this is, like, this is like your Twitter, Twitter stuff where you start saying controversial stuff and then everybody <laughs> hates you. I don't know if that's going to be like the controversy you want. Right, um, probably. <laughs> you make it a fake hate crime where, like, you say jimmystable.com is stupid. Right. And then it's like, I don't know why they did this. I guess they thought that my website, jimmystable.com, was stupid. I, it must have been my podcast that I put out weekly. Remember or you got to like... turn yourself into the victim whenever possible. Yeah. yeah there you go. Hey, so, um, oh, I forgot one stage. There's bargaining. But we'll oh, get yeah. into that on my Wax Museum podcast. So I, I look forward to that episode. I think Emmanuel will have a great, you know, input on that. It's totally Emmanuel's Jimmy's idea. Man. 
You said that. You're like, you should talk about the five stages of grief. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. Yep, done. Start and done. The other thing I want to yeah. do is talk to a UK friend about what's going down with that, but I haven't asked him yet. But uh, they are doing it total, totally different. So, but I mean, they drive like they sit on. They drive on the other side of the street. So, <laughs> but we we don't get political. Um, that's not political. That's just right and wrong. Okay, let's. So um, this is really interesting because one of the things <clears throat> that comes into play, and it is very political, is freedom and this idea of freedom but then infringing on someone else's freedom by exercising your freedom and in one of my debates with a friend on twitter the first thing he said that i thought was like brilliant um was i don't even know who oliver wendell holmes is but he said oliver wendell holmes said my right to swing my fist ends where another man's nose begins. And this, I, I just thought this was such a profound thing to say. Now, I think like where it gets political is where we decide that fist ends and where the nose begins. Huh. Right. And in debate with my friend, he was just like, well, it's obvious when you're hitting someone's nose. And I'm like, is it though? Like, huh. cue, cue the like, um, Thor, is it though? <laughs> because it's, you know what I mean? Because like, like if we don't even play this out politically, let's just say within relationship, Jimmy, with your wife, and you say something hurtful, do you still have the right to decide where your fist ends and her nose begins? Right. You know what I mean? Like it's like, and I mean like on the flip side, she could just be like, you come home and you're like, hello, honey. What do you mean, hello, honey? <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, you hit say her my nose. Name, say my name. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, I wow. mean, like, I, I think, you know, like, if you're able to look at this and keep, adhere to, you know, my mantra of, like, don't be quick to offend, don't be quick to be offended. I think right. if you can couple it that way, hopefully that works. Because, I mean, like, this is madness. Like, in our society, we've madness. got people who are saying, no, I can say whatever I want, and you're just got to toughen up. And I'm like, right. okay, like, politically, I'm not going to touch that on this podcast. But right. interpersonally, that's, that's a terrible way to be. Right. Especially if you're supposed to be a Christian witness to people. You know, you got to yeah. say to people, no, you need to toughen up. <laughs> you know? When I think part of that goes, just for the record, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. is a former associate justice of the Supreme Court and oh. former chief justice. Well, there Ooh. you go. Yes, and he used that phrase in one of his decisions. We're not getting political, like so we can't that. talk about what it was. I love that. That's so great. But I think part of where it comes into, and we're kind of jumping up, I want to jump down just a minute. Um, that goes down into the everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial that Paul talked about. Yeah. So, yeah, in the U.S., yeah, I have the freedom because to go to whatever store I want and I can sit down and I can cough on people. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I should freedom! do that. Freedom! Yes. <laughs> like, I, I posted about, like, you know, reach a, hey, guys, if you don't have to do this, then you shouldn't go to the store. No, 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 Don't go to the store for just, like, stupid stuff that you yeah. can. Anyway. And um, someone was like, I thought you were conservative. 
How yeah. do you love? Why do you love the government so much? I'm like, dude, it's not a matter of this. It's a matter of like, yeah, you can go out there, but we want this. We don't want to spread it around. So you just don't do it. It's not like there's no there's not a freedom issue at the moment right now with it. It's a I'm going to be smart and not go out and um, put myself in a situation with people that could be um, contagious at this time. Well, and, and part of me wonders, like, will we be held accountable for the people that die due to our irresponsibility? Yeah. I mean, like... Because it's like, I no, I was just exercising my freedom. Well, I was talking Lord. to a friend of mine. He's, he went <laughs> to the gun range, and I was like, why are you going to the gun range? And he was like, yeah. well, because it's we're, we can do that. And, you know, I'm not sick, and I'm probably I might get yeah. sick at some point. And I was like, yeah, but you get there. And let's say that somebody uses that same logic, goes there, they get someone who works at the gun range sick, and then that person goes home, their kid goes and talks to somebody else, which they get it, and then that person is taking care of their elderly parents or whatever, and then they get it and die. So I don't think you should willingly, I don't think you should be so concerned about that that you you don't do anything and you starve and all that kind of stuff. But you take into account, like, yeah, your actions could have consequences, and you may never know what they are. Yeah, I think that's so true, especially yeah. when it comes, like you see when politicians and stuff are, you know, debating about how to proceed with these issues. And part of me is like, wait a second, you know, that first thing you want to do might be good and it may even sound great. But what's the second step? What's the third step? What is the end game here? Because you can't just think about the immediate next action and just like take the action without any thought whatsoever about what comes after that and what's the repercussions of that. And I right. think that's a lot of people are really losing their minds, mm-hmm. whether they are, you know, pro whatever the government's doing or against it, or whether they're, you know, believing this is going to be the apocalypse or whether they're going to be a skeptic is that a lot of people aren't thinking about what happens after we do this. Well, and I think part of this too, like there was a petition going around saying, you know, they want people to freeze rent, like basically say that landlords cannot demand rent from people that can't afford it. Right. And it's like, and it was so funny because I'm like reading this. It's like a local post in Airdrie, the community I live in. And I start looking down the comments and there's a person who's like, I'm a landlord. I'm not signing this. Like, this is stupid. And it's like, I got to pay my mortgage. And I'm like, well, that's the thing is like, this guy pays this guy, which pays this guy, which pays that guy, right? And there's always kind of like this notion that it's like, well, there's a point where there's someone's rich enough to pay for everything. And right. it's like, no, no, no. What we're in, like the situation we're in right now is everybody is going to have a debt to somebody, right? Like that's kind of what it is. It's like the parable of the servant. And it's right. like... Our, our government's going to get in deficit. Like, it's just guaranteed. Like, there's nothing we can do in this situation, like, other than, like, just let people die or just let people go bankrupt. You know, like, it's at some point, you know, when you talk about, like, well, we're going to give $1,000 to everyone was kind of like the thing that came out, right, in the States. And we're going to get it, too. It's yeah. going to be good. That's my money, John. That's my money. Yeah. 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 And I'll use it when I need it. Call JG Wentworth. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, that's that's kind of, I mean, and it's like everybody, what's really interesting about this is that everybody is kind of like not going along with their political ideology right now. They're just doing what seems right. 
And so where we have like a, you, you guys are more conservative in your government and they're doing basically universal basic income because it's like, what else do you do? Like you, for, and hopefully this is just temporary. And I'm like, I pretty much guarantee that government's not going to say, okay, universal basic income forever now. Like yeah. there's no way they're going to do that, right? But then, I mean, like Canada sealing their borders. I mean, a left-wing government does not do that. We sealed our right. borders, right? And I mean, so like... That, that means this podcast is technically illegal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're okay. Oh, my. Um, but I mean, like, we're seeing, <clears throat> we're seeing things happen that shouldn't happen based on political affiliations. Right. And so that tells me in itself that this is a very serious situation. Um, now, I mean, is our government, are our governments doing the right thing? I don't know. But, I mean, like, it doesn't make sense for me to cause discord over all of this. Like, it's like we're all stuck in our houses. I mean, my only option is to just exercise my freedom and go cough on the person in retail. Right? <laughs> wow, that what a terrible decision you would make. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm just like, that makes no sense because, I mean, the nose and the fist thing, right? Yeah. Well, if all the retailers get sick, then you can just walk in the store and you don't have to pay for anything anymore. <laughs> We're all oh. zombies, right? <laughs> Everybody's a zombie. It doesn't matter. I keep thinking of zombies. Um, <laughs> so well, that's like one of the things Like I, I had to have a talk with um, my assistant manager because I don't want to mess with my manager about this. Yeah. But like I am like my manager, his wife has cancer uh -huh. and he's taking care of his mom who is um, – Having a lot of issues. One of the guys, and it stands, you know, when security people has is taking care of his elderly parents, and it's like, you know, our store being open is is causing problems. Yeah. Like, you know, he's going to be here. What if he gets sick and all this other kind of stuff? And my sister so manager. Surprise is still open. That's crazy. Well, and part, and so one of the things he explained is that you know the manager has they've they've set up like a they, the wife is basically quarantined. Right. Um, and that the part of the reason why we're open is because um, well anyway without anyway without getting into the detail but part of the reason why we're open is because people need some of the supplies that we sell but also that there are people who who still want to work especially mm -hmm. like um, over here in Georgia they shut down all the schools and they kicked all the um, the kids out of their uh, out of their the dorms and everything. Right. And so now it's like, well, these kids don't have anything to do, and some of them can't live with their parents, so they're yeah. having to rent hotel rooms or, you know, weekly things, and so they need money to be able to do that. Oh, and no. So it's, yeah. Oh, there's so much stuff going, just kind of like what you're talking about with the, not like, or Jimmy, what you were talking about with the, the second and third step. And so it's mm. just like, I, I legit don't know what the moral thing to do is, except I, who am not as at risk and whose parents are not as at risk, I, I think I have a moral duty to go in so that these other people uh, don't have to. Yeah. If possible. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting thing, and I've really been struggling and wrestling with that on top of all the other things I've been struggling and wrestling with. I but know. I'm wrestling with so much. I know. I know. And I'm there too. Like, there's so much going on, but it's like my top thing is like, I don't want people to die. And so it's like, yeah. what do we need to do to stop people from dying? But it's exactly. like, I think of this like uh, all the time in the realm I work in, industrial hygiene. 
And so let's say there is something like deadly in the air, you know, well, there is. Um, but I'm like, okay, now you need to wear a white suit all day and you need to wear um, a respirator. Mm -hmm. um, and let's say that respirator infringes on your ears and you're not able to hear. But yes. you also have heat stress. But we're protecting you from this deadly virus. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like when you, when you solve one problem, you can create another problem. And I think that's what you're talking about is that like, people aren't thinking about the secondary risk that's being caused by the primary control. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks. like here's a scenario for me is that uh, with uh, the hospitals starting to say, okay, only essential medical conditions will be addressed by us. Right. Well, that becomes kind of an issue for a couple of folks in my family, like my father-in-law. Yeah. He has a neck issue that is causing slight numbing and paralysis in other right. parts of his body. Right. And he's actually in pain, and he's supposed to have neck surgery next month. Um, and then have two or three days in the hospital following this surgery because they're going to stick a steel rod in his neck uh, to keep his, uh, to keep his uh, vertebrae or whatever from kind of pinching his spinal cord, uh, which is causing this numbness and paralysis and pain in his body. But guess what? Now they, they haven't decided yet whether they're going to be able to, to do his surgery or not, if it's going to be truly classified as an elective because they're prioritizing um, coronavirus stuff. So it kind yeah. of... It begs the question, like, man, so, okay, let's say we do all this stuff and we reduce the coronavirus deaths and stuff like that, but what about all the other people who couldn't have their regularly scheduled uh, doctor's appointments or procedures simply because um, they couldn't have, because everything was being prioritized to coronavirus? Oh, this is, this is wrecking so mm. many things for so many people, right? And, like, people that are scheduled, yeah, there's probably people in a lot of pain, well, like, like your father-in-law, father right? Yeah, my father-in-law. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of people suffering because of this. And I, I, I wonder, too, if there is more to this virus than just death. Because um, when you get into, like, um, any kind of negative thing, like, even if you talk about, like, um, when we talk about, like, guns and gun deaths, you know, people are like, well, it depends on how many deaths there are. And it's like, yeah, you know, there are people that actually get injured, get permanently disabled that aren't in the stats. Um, mm -hmm. You got people that suffer from PTSD that aren't in the stats, right? So even when we talk about this virus and we say, well, this is the mortality rate, I'm like, are there other things that happen with the virus other than just mortality? Right. Yeah. Are there people that are going to be permanently disabled as a result of it? I, I'm just asking. I'm not and you probably don't have the answers, but I feel like right. there's more to consider than just the death rate because a lot of people have shrugged this off by saying, oh, it's only like 3%. And it's like the old people and the people that already have conditions, you know, those people. And I remember uh, somebody on Facebook was just like, we can hear you. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Like they're actually people. And I, I feel like whenever we get into something political, we tend to forget that there's actually people involved. And so, like, even with this, yes. Jimmy, when people are, like, saying, no, 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 we're dealing with coronavirus, which is deadly, so anything that's not really deadly, like, that's okay. You can live with it. And your father-in-law right. is like, I can't. This is going to be brutal. Right. Hmm. 
Man, pray. Pray for the world. I would say pray for America, but I'm like, pray for Canada. Pray for right. everybody. Like, the whole world is experiencing this, which is so insane. Like, the times we've come to now, like, you know, when people say we live in uncertain times, it's like, that really means something now, doesn't it? Yeah. Because right. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what's happening in the next week. <laughs> but after that, no idea. Wow. Yeah, it's just going to be, I almost like, there are times where, like, I was talking to someone today at work, and we were talking about um, the thing in V for Vendetta, where, mm. like, the guy's, like, saying, oh, and he's going to do this, and then he'll do this, and he'll clamp down in this way, da, 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 da. and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is what's going to happen. This is terrible. Not, like, exactly what happened in V for Vendetta, but just, like, how we can start to see, like, well, if these people do this, then the only natural response will be this, and then this mm. will happen, and it's just one of those, like, this is really scary now. Well, it's like, you know, they say everybody go in your homes for four to eight weeks. Well, I don't know about Canada, but, you know, in America, we have this kind of, you know, give me liberty or give me death oh, that's, sort of yep. thing in our DNA. And yeah. I can't imagine that even, even you know, good old Marxists like Bernie Sanders, I mean, we're not going to be political, but I can't imagine that even the most diehard, like, status government person in the world would, in America, would even tolerate uh, the sort of yeah. uh, lockdown that we're going to have for the next four to eight weeks in this country. And I, I begin to wonder at what point do people become desperate and at what point is there social unrest? Oh, there's like, there's a bunch of people buying guns too in the States. Right. Like it's, it, you best believe it. And it's funny because uh, somebody mentioned that on Twitter, uh, a journalist that I go back and forth with once in a while, right? He was Canadian. And he said, mm -hmm. I think that this might be a worse situation in the States than in Canada, something tells me. And I replied, and I'm like, I think it's cultural that the American people will be less compliant with this because they believe in, like, freedom is so paramount to being mm -hmm. an American America. that I, I, I guarantee there's going to be a lot more, a lot there's going to be less compliance. And right. it was kind of funny because when I said that, it made some people angry at me and they were like saying, why do the liberals always attack Americans? And <laughs> they're so insecure in themselves that whatever, whatever. And I was like, this has nothing to do with my insecurity or my political views. Because it's funny that they assumed I'm a liberal. I'm a nothing. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nun. You're what? a Canadian. <laughs> I'm a political nun. <laughs> oh. No. Um, but um, talk about politics. Yeah, exactly. But it was kind of funny because I just said, no, what I'm saying is I think this is a political trend. I think right. that there's a trend within a society that says, you know, in Canada, it's more like, you know, we'll go with what the government says. They probably know best. In America, it's like, no, I am the government. I decide <laughs> I'm going to go cough on that guy in retail. Right? <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was funny, though, because I was just realizing, and this is something I've noticed so much, is I, I feel like we are living in a society where so <laughs> many people don't know who are, they are. And their yeah. identity is so weak, the only thing they can do is attack other people. And, and so with that, I was like, oh, so you think my identity is weak? And I'm attacking Americans because my identity is weak. And I'm like, you know what? 
if my identity was weak, I'd be really offended right now. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, no. Right. I'm just going to explain my point, and I'm also going to say what I'm saying may be totally colored by the argument I just had on Twitter over this. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's kind of funny that you two, as Americans, are like, um, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think Bridge is right on this. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'll give uh -huh. you a pass I just refer my, to myself as Bridge. Yeah. At least you're th talking about yourself uh, in the third person. Uh, well, you were, you were talking about what we would say. Right. And I'd be like, ah, oh, yes, the bridge. We need to build a bridge. Build uh -huh. the bridge. Except I am going to build a bridge. Okay, wait, sorry. Um, <laughs> true well, we healers. Gotten, almost gotten political, like, a lot. This was before the whole COVID thing, so I'm hoping we can kind of get away from COVID a little bit, but you know what? It's the topic of conversation no matter where you go, because it's right. just like, I want to eat a banana. Well, there may not be any at the grocery store because COVID, <laughs> right? But um, This is 100%. This is so sad. I can't even poop without thinking about the virus. Um, yeah. So, true <laughs> healers enable others to heal. Boy, I don't like how I phrased that. I think it was a podcast I was listening to, but they were saying, it's like true healers enable others to learn how to heal. Okay, I, I get it. I, it makes sense. Yeah, I think that's better phrasing. Because it's like, it's this, this notion that, like, a lot of times when we do things for people, we want to keep being the person that does that thing. And it's like, well, what if we enabled people to do what we do? Like, that is the more selfless approach to things. And it's like, yeah. be okay with giving that away. Because when you give that away, God's going to give you more anyways. I really believe that. Yeah, and I think it's Teach part of... Oh, go ahead. What were you saying? Teach a man to fish. Yeah. Exactly. You're a fisherman. Teach that man to fish. Well, I think of that as a musician. I'm like, if I can somehow help people to develop their skills, then maybe I won't have to be a musician anymore, and I can just manage musicians. <laughs> right? And it's like, and that's, that's sure. not what most musicians do. Most musicians are like, I want to get really good at my craft and just do it forever. Yeah. I actually auditioned for my worship team um, at my church because I, I, I knew they needed bass players like really badly, right? And so I auditioned and maybe I talked too much during the audition, which is funny. I played bass and then, you know, I'm like, yeah, so I mean, like, I just want to be here for you guys. I want to play for you guys. But I mean, like, it's not, you know, one of those things where I'm going to want to be on it, you know, twice a month or anything like that or once a month. Like, I'm okay with once a month, but eventually, you know, I'm hoping that you guys kind of work me out of the job by bringing up, you know, new people and all this stuff, right? So I kind of had that conversation, and then I talked about my other passions and everything. So basically, they texted me, like, a while later, and they're like, yeah, so we're getting the feeling that, like, playing bass is not your number one passion, and we want people to serve where they're passionate. And I was like, I have never had a church say that that they want me to serve Ooh, where I'm that's passionate. That's incredible. That is awesome. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Bass isn't my number one passion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's amazing to me that there are people who, you know, for whom that would be their number one passion. And they just want to be like, I want this to be my craft. But I'm like, I feel like I do 
so much more than that. I don't know how to say that without sounding ridiculous, but it's like I'm full of ideas. So if I could just like use my ideas and help them write music, that would be really cool. I'm like, here, you write yeah. a song about this, you write a song about that, you write a song about this, okay? And I'll just come in and check on you guys and maybe help you tweak the lyrics a little bit so it works. That would be like the ultimate for me. Could you imagine? I'm writing like five songs at once, but I have like minions working on them. Oh, <laughs> that, that would be that would be dope. But anyways, um, yeah. So I mean, enabling so, other people to do something so you don't have to do it every time is maybe something. Instead of enable, empower would be better. Empower. Word. Yeah, because being an enabler can be a negative thing, right? Right. It's kind of like, hey, I do drugs. I'm going to enable you to do them too. <laughs> oh, why? 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 So, and I think the other thing with mm -hmm. like the healing thing, mm -hmm. I think part of what it is, so just going specifically with the healing, is that you don't, I feel like a lot of times we feel, um, especially if you're inclined to like any kind of counseling or something like that, you, we feel that there's a pressure that we have to um, fix the person. But sometimes maybe it's not fixing the person. Maybe it's helping them understand what's going on so that they can be at peace. Um, yeah. It's kind of like with the uh, the Jewish people, they have the concept of sitting Shiva, which is, oh, yeah. um, long sounds, story short. Sounds like Rob Bell. It is. Ha ha. <laughs> well, that's, he, he taught it. Um, that's where I learned it from. Yeah, but, yeah. And I've talked to Jewish people, so it, it is a legit thing. But it's the idea that like, when someone is crying, like if someone like has lost and they're grieving and whatnot, then you, yeah. you, you sit and you grieve yeah. with them. And yeah. that may be just sitting there doing nothing. That may be laughing while they're laughing. That may be talking while they're talking, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You just go and you be there for them. And I think that's part of the way that, that's how we help people heal. It's not providing all the correct answers all the time. It's not going there oh. and fixing up all their problems. Sometimes it's equipping them to be able to do it themselves. But other times it's just like, hey, you know, what can I'm, I'm here to help you in whatever way you need to. And, oh, that's, and that's, so I think there's a lot of truth with that. Launching pad. This actually makes me think about um, something I'm working on right now. I finished the entire Bridge Live Watt album. Um, it's a 12-song thing. So it, it's getting into mastering, yeah. but my buddy who's supposed to master it is kind of bogged down with this, like, COVID thing. So, oh, gosh. So we'll see what happens with that. But now, what more can we suffer? But now what more will this take from <laughs> us? But COVID now, is now killing art. But now Xander is giving me tracks for a new album. And so I'm oh already starting to think about the next album. And this is a concept I want to work with right now. I was listening to a preacher talking about salt and light and how Jesus said we're salt and light. And he said one thing that I've just been stuck on. You ever listen to an entire message and you hear this one part and you're like, I know this was not supposed to be the main point, but... I'm going to ruminate on this one point. And the one point was like this guy's sitting here and he, he said, I was eating fish and it seemed bland. And I said, please pass the salt. And his wife passed him the salt. He added salt to it. And he said, what salt does is it brings out the flavor that's already there. And I was Ooh. like, whoa. That's, so that's going to be a song. But... Um, this concept, like, I think it's everything that I've been thinking about evangelism is yeah. right there. 
And it's just like this idea that you're bringing out the flavor that's already there. If you're the salt of the earth, you're not walking up to that person and say, forget everything you know, it's garbage. You start with, what do they already know? The unknown mm. God. Hey, I found the unknown God. Let me tell you about him, right? Yeah. But it's like meeting people where they're at, be All the right. salt, bring out the flavor that's already there. What a beautiful thing. Ha, preach, preacher. Glory. Mm. Preaching. You're getting a lot of amens. Yeah. How are you guys episode. doing anyways? Like, are you, you guys doing okay with everything? Yeah. I'm, I just I'm feel good. like we have to ask that regularly. Yeah, I, I'm good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely concerned with what's going on in the news. Yeah. And, you know, especially since I'm, you know, a big bad banker and stuff, I'm yeah. in, the, in the mortgage world. I'm, I get especially nervous when I hear, you know, political things about, like, them talking about, not foreclosing on anybody that doesn't pay on their mortgage over the next couple months and um uh, or you know state of new york declaring that nobody has to pay their mortgage for the next couple months and i sit there and think well wait a second my job you know my bread and butter is those mortgage payments um yeah Yeah. that's so evil jimmy you're so so no i'm just kidding but, I know, but no, I that's, know. that's it though, right? And you know, it's funny, they were talking about like paying rent and stuff like that and like pe- Canadians being able to pay rent. And they were saying, you know that if somebody can't pay their rent, their landlord's not going to kick them out because there's no one that is going to pay their rent to replace well, them, right? And so right, we're right. just at such a weird place with all of it. But I, I've been thinking a lot about like what... It's, it's like, um, I think it's similar to what I've said before, and I've probably said it on the podcast before, is I believe that mental health requires striking the optimum balance between being and doing. Mm. And right now, I just feel like I'm treading water. I'm going to be treading water for the next week. After that, I'm not sure what happens. But like, it's like, let's just tread water. Let's just, you know, it's like you concentrate on just paddling. <laughs> And I, I feel like that's the best thing we can do right now is, like, just try to keep things moving. Try to move in the direction that you need to because, like, we don't know what all this means. There's so much uncertainty. I think that's where all of okay. us not are going to be for the next, you know, however, is we mm. are all going to just be treading water. Like I said, yeah. I was sitting there thinking today about all those preachers who, you know, talk about fulfilling your destiny and mm. all that sort of stuff. And they're preaching regularly and, you know, becoming the person that God wants you to be. And, yeah. and, and, you know, really, you know, uh, just this self aggrandizement of, uh, your, your own fulfilled calling. And, and that's yeah. what I'm like, like nobody's going to be living that life for a while. Um, and that's really kind of been almost, I would say a privilege of uh, Western society and our mm. wealth is that we've had, time to sit there and think, well, what's my purpose? What's my calling? What's my destiny? And, and like for, you know, thousands of years, most people have just been, I just want to put bread on the table and yeah. not die today. And that's all of us now. Hey. Yeah. And I, I think this, this is something, you know, that I, I feel like has been such a huge lesson for me over the last, let's say 10 years is that calling is not this massive thing where you become exactly what God wants you to be. Right. Calling is lived out in the day to day. Right. And maybe calling yeah. shifts in every season. And I, I'm assuming Theo, you know a little bit about this. Just just a little bit. 
It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But we got to find a way to enjoy the journey, even in the midst of this. Yeah. All right. And I was thinking, uh, you know, people, I've, I've seen a few people post now, and they're saying, what are you thankful for? And I'm like, I'm thankful that I have a spacious house to live in where all five family members can have their own space if they want it. And I'm thankful that I have five family members, right? And it's like, we're not always going to get along, but it's like we have, we're family. Like it or not, yeah. we're family. And we're here for each other. Um, and it's like, count your blessings. And I think, you know, like, I do really believe that I can continue to live out my purpose of just shifting people's thinking a little bit. I feel like that that's all I'm called to do. And I'm just going to do it. And do it. Um, I feel like, especially now, right now, I feel like what the world needs is a little bit of hope. Love, sweet love. They need art. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe after this week is up, because I'm so focused on work this next week to wrap up everything, maybe after that I'll just get into like a super creative mode and just start making some ridiculous stuff. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous stuff. Ridiculous stuff. It's like a, like a trap song about toilet paper. <gasps> oh, my God. But that'd be fun. <laughs> I, I wanted to put some stuff in my SoundCloud. I wanted to just make some ridiculous music for my SoundCloud so that whenever, you know, anything takes off on me, I can just be like, check out my SoundCloud. For make, some vintage hits. Make a song called When the Toilet Backs Up. When the Toilet Backs Up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ooh. Theo, final yes. Bachelor update. For this uh -oh, season. I object. No, it's okay. We did Esther, so we might as well do the other Bachelor. <laughs> I'm sitting out for this one. No, well, I, it's not so much. It's just this uh, made me think of uh, of something. Um, so there's there's two things that, that I, I learned from it, or that made me think about things. So the first one, so during the Bachelor, uh, there's this time like when you have three people left, then they go to fantasy suites. And as you remember last time, we were struggling with would the girl who claimed to be a Christian spend the night with the guy and lose her virginity, etc. Good news, she didn't. Now. Because I'm she glad. chose to hold to her values and hold to her morals and say, hey, look, I don't, I'm not going to do this, chaos erupted. And two of the other girls looked at her and they were like, uh, what did you expect? Like, you're going on The Bachelor. Why would you not, you know, um, sleep with him? Just kind of, you got to figure out if you're going to marry him. And they were judging um, her for it. And so I started mm -hmm. thinking, it was like, were they judging her because she, you know, because they just, they, she didn't live up to their expectations or his expectations, or was it a thing of like, she chose not to participate in this thing. And they were like, Hmm, maybe I shouldn't have participated in this. And because she didn't, now I'm a bad person or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. um, and even if not specifically that, I know that that's getting away from the bachelor. That is a kind of a, a big thing, especially like when you're in college and everyone's drinking and stuff like that, people want to see you drink. And I think part of it's because they feel that you're judging them because you don't drink. Because sometimes you abstaining from sin is doing just is actually identifying something as sin. And then people who participate it, even if they're not convicted by it, can still um, uh, they think that you're judging them. Anyways, that's kind of a whole bunch of stuff. I, I wonder, like, 
like I keep thinking of like vegan syndrome <laughs> with this. You know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah, no, I can't eat that. <laughs> and it's like I hate that person. I want to punch them in the face. I, I not me personally, but like. There are people who get enraged by that, right? Because it's like, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, we get it. You're, ve you're vegan. We get yes. it. We get it, girl on The Bachelor. You're a vegan. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why are you so angry? <laughs> it's funny. My family, when we were like reading the like uh, Mary and Joseph story, you know, about the little 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 gaffer, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they they were like Mary was still a vegan. That's what they would say. We were just like joking about it. <laughs> So it kind of plays in well to the Howie, Howie humor there. Um, yes. But, yeah, I, I, I wonder if part of it is vegan sim syndrome because I, I don't know how much our society I, – I think our society thinks that to not express you s yourself sexually is repressive. Mm -hmm. And so they want to liberate this girl, yeah. but they also feel like she's judging them. I don't think they are seeing it as I feel guilty now that I did mm. the wild monkey dance with this chimpanzee. It's a ch At the chimpocalypse? At the chimpocalypse. Oh my goodness. At the chimpocalypse. It's like at the disco. At the chimpocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. That's a song. That'll be a song. I'll have to do. At the Chimpocalypse. At the Chimpocalypse. So, Jimmy, let me ask you. I'm going to draw you into this talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, at, like, and I, 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 the reason I target you more so than Bridge is because Bridge is a contractor. He doesn't have, like, that whole work culture thing. So, like, do you, are there things, like, when you, like, for Christmas parties at your larger corporation thing that you go to and whatnot, where, like, where you don't participate in some of the things, or have you been in a situation where you're not participating in some of the things, and then the people are upset or they try to get you to do stuff or talk a certain way or whatever? Come on, Jimmy, do some blood. When I was in student government in college, when I was going to the community college, I got invited to a house party after some event in which the president of the Student Government Association was just having a get-together with all the student government reps at his, his apartment, and I was the only one not drinking. Hmm. And I just said, oh, do you have a Coke? I'll have a Coke. Yeah. They were like, yeah, sure, we got a Coke. And so I got a Coke, and I, I had to go use the restroom. So I put my drink down and came back, and I took a swig of what re was remaining of my Coke, and somebody had spiked the drink, and I instantly oh. spit it out. Oh. And, uh, that happened to me. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I looked at everybody. I was like, not cool, guys, not cool. And that upset some folks mm. a lot. Like, yeah. like they're like, hey, Humphrey, you're just a real stick in the mud, aren't you? Aren't you a goody little two-shoes sort of person? Or why are you judging us for drinking, you know, yeah. under <laughs> yeah. Is that um, a religious thing for you, like not drinking? Well, I mean, I wasn't 21 yet, so. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, it was, it was technically illegal. No, I, I, I occasionally partake yeah. of uh, the, the, the multiple spirits that God has given us. Um, I do not partake. Nor but, do I. Uh, very, very. I'm rare. a good Christian. I mean, I, <laughs> if I have a six pack in my fridge, it'll take probably the better part of half a year before it's disappeared. So Jimmy has a six pack. I, I, 
Can I be the title <laughs> for this episode? Like, yeah, let's Simpsons. make that the title. That's better than Chimp- Chimpocalypse. It's just Jimmy not, has not. A, Jimmy has a six-pack like Homer Simpson, you know. Almost. Uh, but, uh, no, but I like, I'll probably use more beer to like make onion rings or something. Yes. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, can you show us your six-pack? Uh, it would look like the truffle shuffle from Goonies. <laughs> so let's just no, no, no. Out. I was talking about the one in the fridge. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't want to cause my uh, lesser brothers to stumble. Oh, okay. I think I'd be lesser. <laughs> hey, so I, I got Disney Plus finally. <gasps> Yay. I, I need to stop paying for that until they come out with the next Mandalorian. Now, I've been watching nothing but The Simpsons. Oh, my goodness. But before we get to The Simpsons, I'm just going to say my favorite Disney princess is Aurora. I'm not even wow. sure. Is that... I'm not even sure. Is that the Sleeping Beauty, right? That's Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Yeah. The only reason why is because I like saying Aurora. Aurora. Oh Aurora. Wow. Aurora. Aurora Borealis. <laughs> I just say that to my daughter all the time. She'd get annoyed. Um, all right. Your Simpsons. Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I had to find it on the list. My favorite Simpsons moments. And I, I'll allow you guys to partake once I'm done mine, okay? I was watching one of the early episodes, and there's the Sunday school teacher, and the kids keep asking these questions like, do dogs go to heaven? She's like, no, they don't. <laughs> right? And then, so then yeah. there's like, so it like continues the episode, and then they come back to the Sunday school teacher again, and then the kid's like, she's like, okay, for the last time, the dummy does not go to heaven, but the ventriloquist does. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Okay. That's awesome. I got a couple more moments I love here. Um, so there's a girl who is at like this big conference where there's like a car and she's blonde. And the guy comes up to her and says, do you come with the car? And she's like, oh, you. <laughs> and then another guy comes up and he's like, do you come with the car? And she's like, oh, you. <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. Wow. Okay. Simpson, or there's like this episode where Homer becomes a VIP. And mm. so they're like, so he's like, what, is the, what does the V stand for? And she's like, very. And he's like, what does the P stand for? And she's like, person. And he's like, what is the, and she's like, important. And he's like, what does the V start? <laughs> what does the V stand for? Anyways, that's so funny. Okay. Okay, one more. One more. Dr. Nick, right before he does surgery on Homer. Now, if something should go wrong, let's not get the law involved. One hand washes the other. Oh, that reminds me. Okay, Okay, did you guys have any Simpsons moments you'd like to share? I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up, and so I never really kind of went back to it, so. I'm guessing some of our listeners are still not allowed to watch The Simpsons. You know, I feel encouraged, though, because Kyle Mann over at the Babylon Bee is currently binging The Simpsons and, you know, on social media. Like, so that makes and he's he's an uber Christian because he runs the Babylon or he writes for the Babylon Bee. So it makes me wonder if my parents weren't wrong when I was being raised. I have a friend on Twitter who is like, I'm going to make I'm going to make my own Babylon Bee site that's Christian. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, well played, dude. Well played. I, I like Kyle Mann, though. I go back and forth with him sometimes. Actually, he said that I'm his favorite commie, so I'm not really... Oh. 
I, I should really be using that as my tagline at the beginning of my podcast, eh? Yes. <laughs> So-and-so's favorite commie. Yeah. Kyle Again, I'm a, I'm a political nun, so I'm very nun. pious, and I wear a black habit. Oh, and you kind of you kind of wearing all black right now. Kind of, it's gray, but like whatever. You tell them you're to the right of Justin. Who's that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Are we gonna have to bleep that out? <laughs> <laughs> Justin bleep. Oh man, I'm gonna have to make a Twitter account again. Okay, <laughs> that'll be actually funny. Okay, so one more thing before we close out. God save the people, God spell. What that? Yes. So um, there was, back in the 70s, there was a uh, musical called uh, God spell where the people dressed up like clowns. It is very good, and it is mm. awesome. But I'm listening to the soundtrack randomly because I, that's what I do, y'all. Uh-huh. And there is a song. And um, so the song, I won't do the whole thing, but there are a couple lines that I really like um, that just got me kind of thinking about, like, kind of a prayer that I've been kind of going over just in my mind but just like you know just as i'm driving to work i I sing this song as like a prayer and um it's um the people of israel in this thing are basically singing um when wilt thou save the people O god of mercy when the people lord the people not thrones and crowns but men flowers of thy heart O god are they let them not pass like weeds away their heritage a sunless day O god save the people Shall crime bring crime forever, strength aiding still the strong? Is it thy will, O Father, that men should toil for wrong? And then it says, But no say thy mountains, and no say thy skies. Men's clouded sun shall brightly rise, and songs be heard instead of sighs. Let God save the people. And it's just like, it's really poetic, and mm. it's really just like, it's like, God, let's, let's save the people here. Yeah. Let's, let's not focus on the... We don't care about the governments. We mm-hmm. don't care about the set of things. Yeah. And in, and then the fact that it says, um, where it's like, show crime being crime forever, st- strength aiding still the strong, show men toil for wrong. And it's it's the mountains that say no. It's the skies that say no. Because creation in and of itself, just it says the truth of the God that is there and the God that cares about us and the God that set everything in place for us. And he's not going to abandon us in this time with the viruses, with chimpanzee attacks and everything. Yeah. And I just, it's such a beautiful kind of picture. And um, so it's just been a really cool thing. And I wanted to encourage people with that and then also uh, share that with y'all as well. Hmm. So. God, God save the people. Queen. Yeah. Go ahead, John. And it's in like all 70s thing. If I said God save the queen, is that political? <laughs> <laughs> We're not British, so well, I guess it's okay. I, I think, that, you know, like God save the queen, you know, you think about that and it's like to say God save the people, it's like flipping it on its head, isn't it? Yeah. I think so in, in some ways. I think that's what it's, because uh, it says not thrones and crowns, but men. So, hmm. You know, what that makes me think about, though, is like we often say the people and the government. You know, the government is made up of people, right? Like they're not robots. Yeah. And so, and I mean, it's the same thing when people talk about the media, they forget their people. Um, I'm just going to read something I tweeted today. I know I said we we're done, but I'm just going to read this because I thought it was, it didn't get any traction at all. <laughs> but, oh, no. but I'm going to say this. We are the media. We want to be heard. We are impoverished, dependent on government assistance. We are the fearful. We want secure borders. We are irrational. 
governed by our emotional state. We are humanity. We need love. We need hope. I am praying for us all. Help us, Lord. Help us to see that we are one. Help us to bring healing to our society. Help us to love each other as you intended. End this virus. Begin a new awakening. Mm. I dig it. I'm going to close with that. Mic drop. Lots of love, everybody. You know, it just me. We should have been very sensitive about this episode. Is is since we're recording. This is recording video, right? Yep. We should have been very sensitive about touching our faces because I realized that at one point I was picking some dinner out of my beard and uh, like I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to touch my face. You're not supposed to touch your face, John. Get your hands away from your face, like. We, I were, think we should have made this a game to see who could not touch their face the least. I, I win. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure face touching, it's like mainly if you don't touch your mouth or your eyes. Mm. My hands aren't long enough to do that, so it doesn't matter. Or arms aren't long enough to do that, so it doesn't really matter. I win. But anyways, don't touch your face. Wash your hands. Don't Love everybody. Soap. Wipe your butt. No. What? That's why we're buying all that toilet paper, isn't it? <laughs> love all the people. Love God. Love others. That's right. Good stuff. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks much. Hi, this is Jimmy Humphrey from Jimmy'sTable.com. Everyone is concerned about the coronavirus. It is not only a threat to our biological life, but our way of life as a nation. Our fears for how many people the coronavirus may harm or even kill has caused everything to come to a screeching halt. Everyone is staying home. Schools are shut down. Businesses are falling apart. Unemployment is skyrocketing, and government officials are taking radical measures to slow the speed of this deadly virus. In my latest podcast, I talk about how I believe all these issues will result in a new normal that we will have to learn to embrace as a society. And while we won't be returning to our old way of life from six weeks ago anytime soon, listen to my latest podcast, which is episode 51, The New Normal That the Coronavirus Will Usher In, available at jimmystable.com slash listen.